It's time for Cyclone Insider. From the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO, Des Moines Sports Station. All right, guys, welcome back. Another episode of Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Got a basketball commit that we will break down here in just a little bit. No Randy Peterson tonight. He had something come up, so it's just Tommy Birch and myself for with you until 620. Then it'll be St. Louis Cardinals here on 1460 KXNO. How are you, Birch? Good. It's you, me, and uh, Joel Lanning, actually, yeah, for a uh, moment. I've, uh, I've hung out with Joel Lanning a lot today. You guys are like buddies. Hey, Joel, how are you, man? I'm good. How are you guys? No complaints here. No complaints at all. <laughs> We're, uh, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm ready to get this draft over with, though. I gotta, um, I gotta follow my boys, Lanning and Lazard. You, you gotta be ready for this process to be over with, right? Uh, yeah. You know, just, just been sitting around, you know, kind of working out, running, doing all that. Teams call you, you know, just kind of tired of that. Just ready to see what's gonna happen, see where you land, really. Joel, how many teams have you heard from so far? Um, you know, just like I've heard from like probably eight teams that called me, um, you know, just they're really just kind of making sure they have the right number, making sure you're healthy, just, you know, asking little questions, you know, so when they need to call you on draft day and things like that. So I've never, I've never had like a team say that they're going to take me or anything like that. Just teams that are, you know, they're interested in, uh, just making sure they got the right number really. Is this something maybe a year ago you even envisioned doing? I mean, you were making the switch from, uh, I guess you had made the switch from from quarterback to linebacker, but I got to imagine the NFL probably wasn't on your radar as a linebacker. Uh, Yeah, not at all. I mean, going into my senior year is just kind of, you know, I was just there to play ball and have fun with my my, uh, classmates, you know, and finish out my career and uh like i've said before in, in interviews is i probably realized that i had a chance when i was like halfway through the season uh my senior year you know so i just been kind of having fun ever since what happened midway through your senior season that made you believe hey i've got a shot to do this in the nfl well just the way i was playing you know i was having a lot of success pretty early and then uh, I had a lot of agents, you know, trying to reach out to me and say, "Hey, contact me after the uh, after the season." So, you know, I kind of when that was starting to happen, I, you know, was asking Campbell, you know, is this normal and stuff like that. Just pretty much uh, just went from there. I mean, it was decision was made, you know, before the bowl game, what I was going to do and who I was going with and stuff like that. So, we're chatting with former Iowa State quarterback and linebacker Joel Wanning. Joel. With the draft coming up, kind of, what's your game plan for? I guess the 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 couple of days of the draft, are you gonna just sit at home and watch like usual, or what are you gonna do? Yeah, you know, I'll just be going about my day. Uh, I'll, be, I'll be watching. You know, obviously, I know some guys that are in the draft. Obviously, you know, hoping that they they uh, go where they want to go as well. And um, you know, just be hanging out pretty much. And Saturday, you know, uh, Ankeny's having like a like the booster clubs for the schools are having some award show or something, and I'm up for the award, so i got to go to that <laughs> and accept the award. So I'll be doing that on, on, on Saturday night. you got to keep your phone out. right by you then. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. So I won't be doing anything crazy, no plans, no parties or anything. I'll just be hanging out with my family probably. Joel, do you know what the process is like? Let's say you don't get drafted and 
the free agency is an option. I mean, does your agent talk to you? Do you have a game plan on like, oh, these these teams would be a good option for me and, and where I fit? Or is that something that gets just kind of dealt with afterwards? How do you know? Like, is there anything pre-done with that? Yeah. Uh, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm about to call my agent after I'm done talking to you guys and talk through the process here. But, yeah, from what I've heard is you pretty much – you pretty much, you know, have teams that you want or that you're interested. You know, you can look at depth charts and do all that. And uh, so we'll look at depth charts, see what teams are, you know, best fits for me, where I have a good chance if that's the route I have to go. And um, obviously, you know, at that when you're a free agent, like the money doesn't even matter anymore. Uh, you know, you're just trying to find the best opportunity for yourself to, you know, to make a team. And then that's when everything starts to work for you. So, I mean, yeah, well, there's definitely a process to it. Uh, you know, I have to find out more about it. But, I mean, you definitely you get to pick the team you want. You can look at that chart. You can do all that stuff. So, it's kind of – there's perks to it. What are you kind of hearing right now? Is the consensus kind of you may have to go that route? Or are you hearing, hey, there's a really good chance I'm going to get drafted? Uh, you know, I really haven't heard much. Honestly, my mindset is I'm going the free agent route, and you know that's that's fine with me. Um, yeah, I haven't, like I said, I haven't heard no teams ever called me and said, "Hey, we're going to take you in some some round," you know, or anything. I mean, it's obviously my agents talk to teams and that they've showed interest in me and all that, and they just said, "We'll see what happens on draft day." So, um, who knows? I could get drafted late, or I could go the free agent route. You know. I'm, either way, I'm going to be happy. So I just want an opportunity. Is right now linebacker, and I remember on pro day you had done some tight end too. Are those kind of the only areas you're hearing about teams that uh, want you to play, or there kind of maybe been some other interesting spots that teams are kind of interested in you at? Uh yeah, those are those are pretty much the two positions. I mean, the pro day deal was kind of kind of out of the blue for me. You know, I wasn't expecting it. Uh, and the Raiders asked me to do that, so obviously I did it. Um, if that's what a team wants me to do is be like a tight end slash H-back type of guy for them, I, I'd absolutely do it for them. Uh, but I think most of the teams are looking at me as a linebacker, so I'm kind of shooting for the linebacker spot. How Is that kind of nerve-wracking or nervous for you, just knowing, man, there's just so much in the air right now? i got to imagine it's – it's kind of nerve-wracking just having no idea what the future holds right now. Uh, yeah. It's kind of, you kind of just like, you want to know what your future is and uh, what's going to happen. But at the same time, you know, I, there's nothing to be nervous about, really, because I have no control over anything that's going to happen. I mean, everything that I've done uh, or everything that I could have done is already done. You know, I played the best I could, performed well pro day, you know, all that stuff on my film is already there for the team. So, you know, it's pretty much their decision. I have no control, so I'm not nervous at all, really. What I'm you, anxious to get the process over with. What do you think this process would be like right now if you hadn't switched to linebacker, if you were still playing quarterback right now? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't even know if I would, uh, depending, you know, who had, who had talked to me and stuff after – uh, the season, you know, if I had found an agent or not, um, you know, I'd probably be debating whether I'd want to do it or do pro day or not. And who knows? I might have just went straight into coaching with uh, Coach Campbell or something. But yeah, I honestly have no idea. But I know that I wouldn't be sitting here 
or where I am today if I was probably playing quarterback. Is that something you want to do in the future after your career? Do you, do you want to be a coach or do you have other aspirations? Oh, or are you, yeah, are you going to be a baseball player? <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, no, my brother wants me to start swinging um, just to maybe play later. But, no, I definitely would probably just hang it up and, you know, try to go the coaching route, see how see if I like it or not. Who, who, I don't know. Who was the – that's kind of an interesting point. Who was actually the better landing? Because your brother played some uh, – a better baseball player landing. Remember, he played some pro ball, and you were a pretty good baseball player. Uh, yeah. That at least – I remember when you were in high school, there was at least some interest that pro baseball was a possibility for you. Who was the better baseball player, you or him? Uh, I'd have to say my brother because, you know, he obviously – uh, played college ball and then got drafted uh, into the pros or whatever. But I mean, I don't know. It was what I could have been if I would have done it. Uh, you know, I I enjoyed it a lot. I could have lived out in the outfield, um, but I just wanted to do the football route. <laughs> could do you think you would have gotten drafted in baseball? Were your senior year? I mean, or I guess you didn't play uh, your senior year, but leading up to that, had you heard from? I guess people that that had said maybe pro baseball would be something you could do if you was stuck with it. Um, I don't know if I would have got drafted out of high school. I mean, I definitely had interest from uh, professional teams. You know, they were mailing me things, trying to get me to come to camps and stuff, and I just was already uh, committed, you know, to playing college football, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, I definitely think if I, I mean, I feel like everyone gets drafted in baseball because there's so many rounds. You know what I mean? But, I mean, I definitely I think I would have had a future at it if I would have, you know, stuck to it. Good stuff. Well, best of luck, Joel. It's been uh, fun catching up with you, and uh, we'll, be, we'll be following your career closely. All right, pal? Hey, thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right, Joel. Joel Lanning, former uh, clone, wide receiver. Not wide receiver. He played everything <laughs> I else. I mean, he, he did line up at wide receiver. I think it was his sophomore year. When Sam Richardson was still there, remember at Kansas, was that that disaster of a game? Yeah, I think no. Uh, the one, the man, the really bad one at Kansas is um, Sam didn't play in that one. But yeah, I mean Joel, man, Joel played wide receiver, obviously linebacker, quarterback, special teams. I mean. Literally, and I like I said, I remember what a good baseball player he was. If he would have stuck with it, I have no doubt that eventually he probably would have been drafted. I remember watching some of his games at Ankeny High School, and he could swing it. I remember you telling me that, and because you thought maybe that would be a deal when the position change happened, that that would be an option for him there, if he wanted it. There were some heavy rumors yeah. that, that baseball would be something – um, he may look at interesting, so, but he he's always been pretty adamant that that was that was not the case. Um, Don, I'm sorry, I, th- I see you had a question for Joel, and I didn't I didn't see you on the call screener. Do you still want to talk to us? Welcome to uh... yeah, maybe you guys can answer it. Um, the Oklahoma game, the last play of the game, Joel was sh- shadowing uh, Mayfield. Okay, and he was closing in on him when Mayfield threw the pass. But then they cut away. They followed the pass down the field. Okay. I want to know if he laid out Mayfield or if he lay, if he lightened up. 
I'm not sure. I, that play doesn't ring a bell to me, at least the, the afterthought of it. And Baker Mayfield's probably the type of guy that, you know, everybody I, was keeping a close eye on if that would have happened. I don't know, but I know that Joel really likes Baker yeah. as a person. I know that they're well, friends. I mean, he was right on top of them, yeah. and they cut away down the screen, so I couldn't tell if he if he laid him out or he, I don't know. he let up. I'm not sure, Don. Would have been well, a good question out. for us to Come ask. Come on. Sean. Let's find out. Well, we Tommy, text him. I'll text him. Text man. him for Don. Don, thanks for the call, pal. All right. Appreciate it. Tommy Birch is in here, and we are uh, doing Cyclone Insider. No Randy Pete this week. He'll be back next week. We'll talk about Iowa State's new basketball commitment, maybe some more NFL draft. We're on until 620 here on 1460 KXNO. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Thanks to Joel Laning for joining us. He did answer, uh, who's, uh, was it Don? Don. 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 Don wanted to know if if Joel laid out Baker Mayfield on that last play. Joel must have still been listening because he texted and said, no, I didn't lay him out, couldn't take the penalty. Exclamation uh, point, exclamation point. Very clear. Fifth-year senior. Smart man. Very smart man. Fifth-year senior. Yeah. Um, So where are we uh, thinking... Lazard ghost. We're, I mean, have you been uh, calling yeah. around? Yeah. I mean, kind of the feeling I'm getting is probably fourth round, which, you know, man, I, I, I mean, I think through this whole process, he was probably fifth round, maybe sixth round before that, but then had the good senior role, had them very good combine, had a very good pro day too, and now he's probably in that fourth round conversation, possibly third round, probably doubtful that he goes there, but that's definitely something to keep an eye on, but probably the fourth round. If you look at every one of those events, he did one thing to really help his draft stock. Senior Bowl just kind of went out, and I think for that, it was kind of the measurements that everybody got to see him in person, see big guy, strong guy, tall guy, big hands, all that stuff. That's where um, that really helped his cause. Then the combine came out and ran a very impressive 40 time. That was great. Then at the uh, Iowa State's Pro Day, just came out, caught some balls, lift. Uh, I don't think he lifted. No, just ran uh, some cone drills, caught some balls, and helped that cause. So just every kind of step in that process, he did something to really help his cause. And now he's kind of in that third or fourth round conversation. I'm really happy for those guys. Um, I would throw Kamari Cottonmoya and Jake Campos into the mix, too. I think both of them will end up in an NFL camp at the very least. Those are guys who all were really good players. And they just, there were circumstances around, and that, you know, for one reason or another, and we've debated all that until we were blue in the face. It never, they didn't win much. And then, you know, they had that great senior year. And I think they're all NFL players to some capacity. And maybe Campos is just a practice squad guy for a few years, but you can get that NFL pinch in or whatever. Like, I think, you know, there's an opportunity there. I think Cotton Moya will be in it. I think he will be like a David Sims type. Yeah. I think he can end up sticking for a while. He's just got to stay healthy. That's the key with him. Yeah. I mean, there's been so many injuries with him. And then, you know, I think when it comes to the draft, what really hurt him is not just the injuries, but there are some red flags there. You talk about the final game of his career and then just how open he's always been about the idea of 
um, hey, I just about walked. I remember he told me he just about walked away from Iowa State. He just about gave up football. And you really can't blame him given everything he's been through. But when you're an NFL evaluator and you're thinking about what am I going to be putting on your team, especially a guy like Conmoy, who's kind of a fringe guy, those are all kind of red flags for you. But that's an amazing story when you think about, man, maybe one or two years ago, Conmoya was kind of the guy that we were yeah. looking at as, wow, this guy's got the most pro potential. And even Jake Campos, when Campos was a freshman, remember Bruns was always adamant about just how how um, much pro potential he had and everything he could do, but then just got hurt, just got worn, you know, his, his body just took a toll from from playing so much uh, so early. So the other guy that kind of came to my mind, and it really hurt him the most that he wasn't able to participate in Iowa State's Pro Day because he was hurt, was Trevor Ryan. I thought Ryan is perfect for what teams are looking for in practice squads and on special teams and stuff like that. He's so fast. He had such a good senior year. He can do so much. I thought somebody uh, was probably going to give him a good look, and somebody probably still will. Good stuff. Um, Iowa State got a basketball commitment today. Tommy and I will be back um, in hour three to break that down until 620. Do you know who the Cardinals are playing tonight? The Mets. The Mets and the Cardinals. Go Redbirds, because my Braves are in the heat of an NL East battle. Only April 24th, but you're telling me there's a chance. Uh, more Cyclone Insider next. It's Cyclone Insider from the Des Moines Register and 1460 KXNO. Welcome back. We are here without Randy Peterson. Um, this doesn't happen very often. He'll She's... be back next week. It's usually Birch who's over at Principal Park. Yeah, yeah. This is, uh, this is a little weird. I mean... This is one of the few times, probably, just because the iCubs are on the road, which is kind of nice. How are the um, iCubs doing? Give us a quick uh, two-minute run. To, are no! they bad? They're real bad. Uh, they can't hit. They can't field. They can pitch. They've got some really good pitching. They've got three really big pitching prospects that are on the team, and Adbert Auzale, Jen Ho-Sang, and then Dwayne Underwood Jr. Those guys are three legitimate prize pitching prospects outside of that they don't have much hitting so you're saying um be selective on if you want to watch great baseball be selective on when you go out to principal park this year yeah well i mean you can go out anytime well and, i, and I enjoy, will enjoy enjoy the weather i yeah. just go out and enjoy the ballpark and and all the sounds and sights yeah i if if you really want to see a prospect go for um either al zole or Dwayne Underwood, both those guys have legit uh, potential. I mean, Auzale, his first AAA outing last week, took a perfect game into the fifth inning and a no-hitter into the sixth inning. Wow, He's only cool. 23 years old. I appreciate uh, a pitcher dealing more than I used to back in the day. Yeah, I mean, especially because that moves the game along, so that's kind of nice. But now I don't, I really don't care about the you know extra innings and stuff like that usually in the past if a game was tied in the seventh eighth or ninth inning i'm like oh my god i'm gonna be here all night the new extra inning rules i don't care i'm not worried about it i'm like i'm gonna be out of here still in a few minutes 
Yeah, because they the the they put a guy on second. Yeah, I I'll tell you what I saw the craziest like thing it? the other week or just it would have been Sunday. The I Cubs are down one in I think the tenth or eleventh inning. Winton Bernard hits a ball into the gap, drives in the tying run, two outs. He gets a triple, runs through the stop sign, and tries to end stop the sign. At third, oh. the third base coach yeah, saying the third base coach. Yeah. Okay, don't don't go. He runs through it and tries to end the game on a walk off inside the park home run. You get thrown out. He got he got nailed. He <laughs> wasn't even close. The only reason why it was semi close is because the shortstop was so shocked he was going. He kind of turned around thinking like, okay, he's at third. And he's like, oh man, dude's trying to score hosed him wow you should write a book about minor league baseball like fun characters that you run into over the years the funny thing is like just great clubhouse stories i remember uh cubs fans would buy that yeah i talked to there was one year it was when Baez, brian and russell were all going to start the season in iowa Mm -hmm. in the iowa cubs infield the start of the year i talked to tim kirkshin from ESPN about like how crazy this is. He was like, "Man, Tommy, you should you should write a book." And I was like, "Man, that'd be a good idea." But why didn't you? Well, then as it turned out, uh, they never played in one Iowa Cubs game together because Baez's sister passed away, so he started the year away from the team. Bryant was called up after ten days. And after about 25 games in AAA, Assam Russell was in the major leagues to never return. Yeah, I remember that season now. Yeah, there. I mean, over the last couple of years between those guys, Manny Ramirez, some really good stories. The Manny Ramirez stuff is just fantastic. It still baffles my mind. I, mi- I miss the Manny Ramirez being in Des Moines. Yeah. Just the, how unlikely that was. And then he went yard his first game, right? First game. He got a standing ovation. And then, it's funny, I remember he did a long press conference before the game. And then after the game, it's like me and like 10 reporters from Chicago (laughs) were outside the dugout. And I said to Manny, who I just met like five hours earlier, I'm like, I know you did a press conference. Do you got a couple quick minutes? He was like, yeah, sure walks with us to the clubhouse and I'm like, Manny, how'd it feel? You know, you hit a, a home run your first night in Des Moines and he just laughs at me and kind of shakes his head. And I asked like another version of this softball question and he laughs and shakes his head again. And I ask him, you know, another, an even bigger softball question. And he just laughs. And I think it was Scott Reister from Channel 8 just yells, Manny, are you going to say anything? And he goes, this has been fun, and bolts to the locker room. So he was just toying with you guys? I think, because then Paul Selvin, this legendary longtime sports writer with the Chicago Tribune, looks at me and he goes, I think that was Manny being Manny. <laughs> I was like, oh, man, it's day uh, one. Oh, that's fantastic. I Man, that was awesome. That's just so surreal. You're right to, to think back at how that went down. All right, um, this is Cyclone Insider here on 1460 KXNO. Going to talk some Iowa State basketball for the next 10 minutes or so. And we'll just take Steve's call because I believe that's what he's wanting to chat with us about. Steve, welcome to the program. What's on your mind? 
Yeah, guys, I just wanted to thank the Iowa State basketball program. I'm, I'm actually a, uh, a Drake Bulldog basketball fan, but uh, just in, you guys are going to talk about the uh, recruit you got from Colorado State, which does two things for us. Uh, number one, it uh, kind of punks Pee Wee Medved a little bit uh, <laughs> since he's leaving Colorado State. And also, uh, I know that he was, the kid was uh, interested in going to Illinois State, and he didn't go there. So uh, good for you guys getting getting Apprentice uh, Nixon. So that's all I have to say. I Thanks. sense a little resentment towards uh, Nico Medved from you, Steve. A little bit. I'm over it now. Hey, I can tell. We'll be all right. We got, we got a great coach now. We'll be all right. Yeah, I, I like Coach DeVries as well. Thanks for the call, Steve. We appreciate it. <laughs> That was great. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just so many, so many little things to the story between uh, Nico Medved now being the head coach, Larry State, Larry Stacey being the former coach, and now he's coming to, to Iowa State. So it's going to be interesting to see where he fits into things on this Iowa State roster because yeah. obviously, you know, he he's not going, you know, he can't play this upcoming year. But even the next year, you look at the roster and you're like, okay, um, Lindell Wigington is most likely going to be gone. But then even Halliburton, you kind of look at him like, okay, maybe that's your point guard. I mean, yeah, I think, I, I, I think it all is an insurance policy on absolutely one. You know, you're you're assuming Wigington's going to be out. Yeah, and I think that's a good. And I I know that they really like the Halliburton, yes, kid. But you don't know with a freshman. You just you never know. Yep. So this is you know that you're banking on Wigginton and Bab both being gone. This is an experienced guy to throw into the backcourt. Yeah, this is a safety net. And the thing that probably has to really excite Iowa State fans is not only is this an experienced guy, it's the guy that's had success too. But then you look at what Steve Prome has been able to do with point guards and not even just point guards, guys um, with that extra year, usually when they set out. I mean, you've had some really good success stories. I mean, even this year, you're talking about Shayok and, and Michael Jacobson, who by all accounts have made some pretty massive strides Correct in their time off. Now, we're still waiting to see just how big those strides are going to be come uh, next season. But between what Prome has been able to do with guys that are sitting out and then point guards – that makes you pretty excited about what this guy can do, especially given that he does have a track record of success. Yeah, as I was telling Ross earlier too, I just I think the bubble, the grad transfer bubble for programs like Iowa State and even Iowa to an extent is kind of burst. It's just the days of getting a grad transfer and it being DeAndre Kane are are numbered and. At least with these sit-out guys, as you mentioned with Jacobson specifically, the prospect of Jacobson being a starter next year when he signed with Iowa State, I mean, we didn't think that would be the case. We thought he'd be a seventh or eighth guy based off of what he had seen in Nebraska. And that's a guy who, during that year, really developed. And I, we've seen this now. I said this on Jared and I did a podcast today at Cyclone Fanatic about this. I I just think that we are very experienced in, in this market when dealing with transfers based off of covering them for so long. And the number one thing that I think the sit-out guys offer that the grad transfers do not 
is this sense of this is my last chance. Where the grad transfers have usually accomplished something, right? I mean, they've they've usually been the man somewhere else. They're trying to go up, but they and they they show up and they think they're the man. Like there's there's some of that nuance there. The the sit out transfer, it's like a it's usually a new lease on life for them. They have this whole year to just sit back and and learn. And you, you take a step back and you. Um, you know, you practice more and you work on your body. And I, I just think that that's more the route to go in the future. Yeah, I hear that all the time because it seems like every season during the season, I usually wait around till January or February. And I talk to these guys that are sitting out. I talked to both Shayok and Jacobson because by then you've got a good idea of just, okay, where they're going to fit into things next season, just what – have they worked on how far have they come and all that stuff and every time i talk to these guys who are sitting out they always have this new perspective like you said a greater appreciation for the game and just a willingness to do whatever it takes because it's like you said usually when it comes to these grad transfer guys um they're thinking okay i'm done after this year i gotta make the most out of those uh those last few moments for me, I got to get my own because maybe I didn't get it yeah. at the last stop I had or or stuff like that. It's all about me, me, me. Not always, usually. That's kind of the the revolving conversation that you always hear. But these sit-out guys have more time to sit back, digest, learn everything, and just um, – it, it's, it's like they've had the game taken away from them. And yes. now – they they don't want to lose it again. They have a greater appreciation for it. I mean, look at Hans Brace. I mean, now, mm-hmm. granted, he was a grad transfer guy, but he sat out a year. Uh, you know, he stepped away from the Princeton basketball program for an entire year. He wasn't enrolled in school and stuff like that. And I remember him saying, um, you know, man, you, you really don't realize just how much you love the game until, until you're out. Yeah. So, we've just seen that. I mean, what year did Fred get hired? Damn near 10 years now. Yeah. We've been dealing with these transfers around here. And you see it with these guys for one reason or another when they had that year. Where their focus intensifies. And I, mean, I, I can't put a finger on it. There were guys who were somewhat troubled like Royce White. Um there were guys who were not like Will Clyburn um, that, you know, in every, and then, the, then there's a guy who really didn't do anything his first stop. And you're, you're taking a risk that he develops like Nick Weiler Babb. And it works for every stinking one of them. Yeah. I mean, Weiler Babb is the really good success story when you look back on it, because when he committed, I mean, I think everybody was like, okay, this guy has a ton of potential, but remember Prome coming on this show the year uh, Wilder Babb was sitting out and saying, look, this guy, if I had him right now, he would be starting. And I remember we were all just kind of like, whoa, that's that's kind of a big surprise. I don't think any of us expected that. And then not only is he starting, but then you look at the start of this past season. I mean, man, he was he was the guy for a while there. I mean the the leaps and and you know gigantic steps that he took during that time off were hard to see even that first year they came back because playing time was so 
so minimal for him that first year. I can only think of one guy who I don't think it really worked that well for, and that was probably Anthony Booker. Yeah. I, and I, he wasn't bad. He, he played a lot, and he contributed. He didn't get significantly better, but it's still, I wouldn't call him a, I mean, I think they'd still take him again. I don't know. I'm just, the transfer thing fascinates me, and, and I'm doing that, I'm doing that docu-series on it right now for Cyclone Fanatics, so I'm really in-depth on the well, transfers at this point. And it's like you said, too. You know, you look back on it, and now it's not what it was back then. And it's not something Iowa State can even utilize as much as before because and we've said so many times on this show, look, for a long time, Iowa State, Fred Hoiberg was the innovator of that. You know, he kind of got the ball rolling on everything. He was the only shop in the market. Then other people started seeing how much success it had and how they could utilize it. It was mm-hmm. almost like kind of like Moneyball and Billy Bean. You know, Billy Bean had this little philosophy and analytical approach and all mm-hmm. that stuff, and nobody else knew how to use it. But then once Moneyball came out, the word got out, and everybody saw they could do it too. And now suddenly Iowa State's like one Kind of, I mean, besides the fact that you had Fred Hoiberg and he could tell these kids, look, I can get you to the NBA or I can get you to the pros one way or another. The big thing Iowa State had going for them was they were the only school kind of trying this. Well, now everybody else is trying it and there are greener pastures to go to. I love it, man. I love transfers. I love transfers and I love quarterbacks. Yeah, what do you love more, that or quarterbacks or – Quarterbacks, man. Or um, quarterbacks are my favorite. Expansion talk. Expansion talk. <laughs> Television contracts and conference realignment is by far my favorite topic in yeah. all of sports. I mean, we'll have all those topics. Oh, they're again. coming up. I mean, we're gonna have quarterback talk soon. My wife is like, "Hey, I really want you home at, at nights." I'm like, "I'm sorry, I'm I'm not done with radio until after conference realignment in 2024. <laughs> Once we get all the conferences settled, I will retire." I'm just kidding people see for me it's quarterback talk i'm excited for come game four or five and into the season when we're gonna have this quarterback what i think competition at iowa state man i ain't even getting going on that because then pete's gonna think that we're talking about kemp's arm strength and he's gonna get all fired up and come at us (sighs) yeah kemp will start i i will it's funny because I'm probably more bearish on Kyle Kemp than anybody, but I still think he'll start at least ten games. I don't know about that. If, that, if another I topic to the, for another day. If I had to take the over under, I take the under. Where would you set the over under? Is the question six? Oh, I take the over. Yeah, take the over. Thanks, Tom. Thanks, Chris. We've got um, St. Louis Cardinals baseball. The Redbirds take on the Mets coming up next here on 1460 KXNO.